Welcome to Mind, Body, and Soul Awakening, where we celebrate resilience, honor triumph over tragedy, and inspire transformation, guiding you on a life-changing journey of healing and self-discovery. I am Stars Tina, your host. amazing group to learn from. I would suggest it to anybody, you know, who really is looking to grow their business and learn from others. It's a club of people coming together, working harder to build each other up, to reach levels we would never be able to reach on our own. It's been just really rewarding and trying to soak up as much of the wisdom I can. I just learned a lot. I can't wait to share with my team. It was great becoming a part of something where pushes me to go above and beyond. That's what this club's all about. The information, the support, the teamwork, the encouragement you get from 800% Club is like nothing I've ever seen. These ladies and gentlemen that have joined the 800 Club did it for a reason. They want to 800% their business. Like, let's go. What are you waiting for? 800%. That's a big increase. Most of you are looking for 10%, 5%, break even. 800%. Glenn Lundy guarantees it, and I endorse it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to scream so much, but let me tell you, even though I am not in the automotive industry, uh, I feel as if he has 800% not only my business, but I'm like, make some noise. If I had one of those noise, we'd give up. Hey, Glenn, how you doing? What up? I'm doing amazing. You? I am great. First of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you for coming through. For those of you watching this, this is the amazing Glenn Lundy. I met him through voice. <laughs> about two and a half years ago, he had an idea. He cultivated into something on an app on a phone like this called uh, Clubhouse. And then he started a room with Breakfast with Champions, which is an amazing space. And like I said, Glenn, we have so many, so many people asking you questions. But the reason why I wanted you as a guest is because, I mean, you've grown so much already in your life. But from when I first met you to now, it's like, the growth in such a little bit of time. I have to speak about winning the Great American Speak Off with with Grant Cardone. You know, like I remember when the competition was going on, <laughs> and I was like, I want to do that, and I jumped in and to actually be there and see you on stage. You had this vision, and I've noticed that most people that have achieved amazing things usually go through some tough times. There's his website if you guys want to tap in because he has so many things. It's, 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 you know, I can't even describe how many from his book, his uh, growth, your planner. But the one question I want to start with, and then we can trickle down. I like to start head on. You know my story. And if you don't know my story, my son was murdered seven years ago. That was pretty much my big aha, my big traumedy. And this podcast is called Mind, Body, and Soul Awakening because I feel you get that big awakening when something amazing has happened to you, which is a trauma. It's when the energies of a trauma and a tragedy collide. When these two things occur, life-changing experiences happen. I'm just curious if there's one that stands out in your life where you kind of like snapped and you got to get things together. Is there anything you can think of right off the top of the bat? I just always, it, um, you know, it always hurts my heart when you share about your son and uh, you are such a powerful uh, person, like such a powerful person to be able to uh, take that trauma, like you said, and uh, to still go out and shine a light in the way that you do. Uh, I'll never forget our run 
here in Lexington, Kentucky. And um, then there was a lot of people that were running in straight lines to get from where we were to where we were going. And then there were, uh, then there was you who was running forward and backwards and backwards more and forward again and forward and backward. You were running to wherever somebody needed you. And uh, that was really powerful to me. You're just a very powerful, powerful person. And so it is always, I just admire who you are and your strength and your courage. Um, as you continue to raise your voice, it's really, it really means the world to me. So start with that. But with Thank your- you. Get me all emotional? Come on now, I'm not supposed to be emotional this early. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, in regards to your question, um, you know, there's been multiple events like that. I think that each time we learn something new about ourselves and about the world. And uh, I, it's important to me that people understand that this whole thing, no matter what level you see, like this whole thing is a series of steps forward and then a step back, right? It's two steps forward, step back. And so, you know, I had a moment where I attempted to take my own life. I was experiencing homelessness. I've been to jail multiple times. And uh, and so I, I believed at that point that the best thing that I could do for the people that I loved would be to remove myself. And, um, and so I had a moment where I attempted that. Clearly I failed or I wouldn't be here today. Um, and so that's one of those moments, right? Uh, but it wasn't a moment that like everything just snapped and now all of a sudden life's amazing, right? It was, there was that moment and I, it, I'll call it an awakening for sure. I learned a lot uh, and started moving in the direction that I'm in now, you know, with some bumps and bruises uh, along the way. But yeah, sometimes God gives us these uh, challenges to awaken uh, the, the, the parts of our spirit that can't be shook any other way because we're so stinking stubborn sometimes i know i'm stubborn so yeah that was a moment for me in response to your question i love it i love it and i just thought of something right now how i have my morning rituals the morning rituals that you gave us in your planner was that something you created for yourself first and then decided to throw it out to your tribe and can you explain to everyone exactly what that is and how it came to be was it one day or like years you got that idea together yeah. So the morning five, five simple steps to an extraordinary life. Right. I wrote a little book about it. People can download it at the morning for free. And um, that was the morning five is a compilation of a bunch of research, uh, studying different people, successful people and uh, realizing that all successful humans have a powerful morning routine. All of them. The, what, any name you can give me, you can find a successful uh, morning routine that taps into mind, body, and spirit. And so I tried all kinds of different things and uh, over years uh, dialed in one that works for me. And then I started teaching it and it was effective for a lot of other people too. And so now, you know, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people have been able to uh, have their lives impacted and changed by five simple steps. Yes, I love it. And I love those simple steps. Okay, before I get into my question, I'm going to jump into one of the questions that we got from the people. What would you say is or was your biggest challenge 
we have a lot of people that come through this, my, my tribe, and they go through a lot of personal stuff like anxiety and depression, and they just feel they can't get through it. And I always say that you can get through it. So what would you say was or is your biggest challenge and how did you get over it? I think that my biggest challenge uh, originally was understanding that I am an asset no matter what room I step into, right? Uh, I, I very much experienced where I put people here kind of on a pedestal and I thought I was here, right? I'm here, they're there, they're better than me. Um, but what I've realized is, you know, each of us have our unique gifts that we bring to the table and we're all an asset in, in you know, example, I met the number one motivational speaker in the world, looked, looked to him, thought he was amazing so on and so forth. He met me, I met him, we exchanged info, fast forward. I find I find out that financially, he's not where he should be uh, considering the, the, the level of impact that he's had on the planet. And so I was able to bring to him some strategies that he could do in his business to help him make a lot more money so that he could further his ministry, right? To be able to go out and use his voice in additional ways. And so, I became an asset to him through some of my experiences over on the business world. And so that was the biggest thing for me to overcome is thinking that, you know, just because somebody's accomplished something doesn't make them any better than you or uh, doesn't mean that you don't have any value that you can bring to the table. Uh, you just got to get clear on what your gifts are and offer them freely uh, and, and, and reach out and help people that way. All right, gosh, it feels like... So many questions in my head in such little time. I'm going to ask for a part two, like next month or two months from now. But how does it feel to know how many people's lives, family lives, you've changed, businesses you've changed? Because me, you know, my little tribe is tiny. But for you, I mean, you can't even imagine. When I went to Bermuda a few months ago and, you know, the people that are there just going out this morning, I had some lunch. It's like the screen disappeared. How does it feel <laughs> to know that you are making these huge changes in the world. I'm just curious. Yeah, we got a little we got a little in trouble with some copyright this morning. That's why that's why the screen disappeared. Oh really? Um, <laughs> it happens. You were texting me, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it happens. Um it feels I mean, obviously helping people always feels great, right? Uh but it also for me, it feels like it's it feels like it's not enough, right? Um, you know, there's there's eight billion people on this planet, eight billion people, right? And I just I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of Jesus, and I think about the impact that Jesus made with his life back in the day when he was going from village to village in his sandals, you know, battling like malaria and people wanting to to kill him everywhere he went and all of that and yet you know he fought in such a way for what he believed in in a message of love and hope he fought in such a way that 2000 years later it's still impacting everyone who comes across his name right and he didn't have internet he didn't have social media he didn't have this fancy studio like what I got here. Yeah, you know, I don't even, I, I might not even be wearing pants. You don't even know, right? <laughs> I might not be wearing pants. I could have pajamas on right now. 
and be barefoot in my air conditioned unit. Like we have it so easy. We have it so easy. And so it feels great to help people. Um, and at the same time, it's not, it's not enough. Like the least I can do to honor that dude is uh, spend every, you know, invest every day of my life to making a positive impact in people's lives. And, and who knows, maybe, uh, maybe we'll reach that 8 billion mark one day. I love it. Uh, two questions. Do you ever get tired? I, I'm not saying I compare, but like when I get up and it's like four and I'm like, oh, I want to lay back down. I'm like, no, Tina, Glenn's up at 3.20, 3.30. You can push through, which leads, I always say, to your why. So do you get tired and what is your why that gets you up at three something in the morning to push through? <laughs> of, course, of course I get tired. I mean, when, when the work is done, I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I'm out like in a, in a half a second. And, um, you know, understanding your sleep cycles helps a lot with the energy levels to be able to run at the pace that I run. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely get tired, but an object in motion tends to stay in motion and an object at rest tends to stay at rest. So if I notice myself getting tired, I get up, I get in motion, right? Get up, walk, make a phone call, get, get hype, you know, um, uh, the, uh, those types of things. So I do get tired, but I've got strategies on how to break through that when I need to get the work done. I love it. And I personally think it's something deeper like the why, you know, because I always say we can motivate you. Who? Here's another question. Who motivates you? You. <laughs> <laughs> For real. You're, 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 you inspire me big time. Um, but there's a lot of people that motivate me. You know, I am motivated by incredibly authentic people. The more authentic, the more they inspire me. Right. And we don't have to agree. We don't have to align on politics or or whatever. Like, I just appreciate the rare humans that are willing to be authentically themselves, love them or hate them. Right. It's such a rare, rare, rare quality. So th those are the people who motivate me. You know, Grant Cardone motivates me. He's a good friend of mine. He motivates and inspires me. Uh, Gary V motivates and inspires me because he does things his way. And he's just he's just out there. You know, any any of these uh, these people that are willing to stand up for what they believe in. I'm always inspired by. I love that. Now, when it comes to the future, let's go back 10 years ago, five years ago, 15 years ago. Did you see your life the way it is today? I mean, eight children, beautiful wife, happy family. Did you see this is your life? Did you plan that? You know, there's so many pieces that you can't necessarily put in place. Right. But there's an article of me. Uh, they wrote an article of me in the newspaper when I was in, um, I think it was a uh, 10th grade. 11th grade, 10th or 11th grade in high school, they wrote a three page article on me. And um, they said, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up was one of the questions. And I said, uh, I said, a millionaire. <laughs> That's it. They were like, well, what job do you want? <laughs> Whatever one it takes for me to become a millionaire, right? Like, so I've always had big visions and passions of, of high levels of success. Uh, and so I'm grateful to be experiencing all of those things now, uh, but the pieces in between, you know, those all come from the journey. At first, I didn't think I really wanted a whole lot of kids. And then I had my first daughter and lost custody of her at age six. 
and went eight years without being able to see her. Uh, so when I met my wife, now I'm like, give me all the babies, right? So me and my wife got seven babies, you know, but uh, life changes along the way and, and you learn to be grateful for things that you take that you that you took for granted. You learn to be grateful for those things when they're when they're taken away, right? And um, and so yeah, I couldn't have pictured it like this, but I knew I was going to win. I love it. You knew you were going to win. I had a question, but I left my head. But I know it had something to do with Scott Simon. I was asking him questions the other day, and uh, money, finance, children, motivation. And I'm trying to get the question back in my head. <laughs> Would you like to share something? Because it's a really good one, really juicy one. Something you would like to share with the people while this comes to my head oh. of, how, of how they can overcome a trauma or a tragedy. Oh, I know what it was. Okay. So when you began, you began selling cars, correct? Uh, yeah. It's like one of your main things and you just kind of kept going up and up and up and up. Yeah. Correct. What was your biggest... Oh, I know what it was. Did you ever think of not doing something? And what do I mean by that exactly? Is were you ever scared to say, I'm not going to do that? And if so, what was it and what pushed you through that? Whether um, you married, starting a business. Oh, no, no. It's with, this is what it was. Scott made, I don't know if he told you, a really huge investment into something. I don't know the details. And he was scared. He's like, should I, shouldn't I? What's the biggest risk you've ever taken? That was the question. <laughs> um, biggest risk I ever took was moving to Kentucky with $1,500 cash in my pocket and a suitcase, really bad credit. And I didn't know anybody. And I had warrants out for my arrest in, oh. in Arizona. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is risk. You push through. You push through. I love it. I love it. Yes. That was a big <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna pull Renee through, but before I pull Renee in, she usually comes at the end and like asks some other questions. Uh, I've I've felt your energy. I you know every morning, Monday through set Friday, you know I hear you in there. If I'm not there, what we're talking about right now is motivation, education, inspiration. How did you come up with that as your core values with uh, Breakfast with Champions? Yeah, you know, um, again, just kind of over time and experiences, things kind of start to fall in place and you realize what clicks with you. Uh, I feel as though motivation is really important, but it doesn't get you across the finish line. It just gets you started, right? And then education is really the key because knowledge is power, uh, but it's only power if you are inspired enough to apply it. So motivation, education, inspiration is really a formula. It sounds nice because it rhymes and it's easy for people to remember, but really it's a formula for success. You got to be motivated to do it. You got to be educated or get educated. And then you have to be inspired to apply the education, right? Like we all learned how to uh, figure out the area of a triangle back <laughs> in school, right? They were like one half base times height, right? Like we, we you remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> But just because I was educated on it doesn't mean I've ever been inspired to use it. Like I know it, but I don't, other than the tests I took in high school, I don't go find triangles on the wall and figure out what the area of the triangle is, right? And so education alone is not enough. People have to be inspired to apply that education. And so that's really where it's come from is just over time, I realized that if I really want, if I really feel called to 
make an impact in people's lives, we have to give them all of the pieces of the puzzle. We can't just motivate, we can't just educate, and we can't just inspire. You got to give you all three. And that's been the basis of what we've been doing for, you know, last 10 years now. I love it. I was looking at pictures of your team on the site and you guys look like a beautiful, it's like you guys were like chilling. It looked like a movie when I saw it. How long have you been with your team? Are they a part of your family, your life? Talk to me about them. Yeah. So most of my team was with me back when I was in the dealership world. Uh, I left the dealership world five years ago and they were with me, you know, like the eight years before that. So I guess technically, you know, most of us have been together over a decade, even though there was a little hiatus where I left the dealership world, started my own business, and then now they've come and joined me. So the, it's, it's like a team, but really they're like my kids. You know, they're all a lot younger than me, and uh, I pour into them and, and try to help them grow, not just at work, but outside of work. And I think that that creates, uh, you know, uh, an interesting bond where, they know that I'm going to demand excellence. And at the same time, they know that I love them just like my, just like I would my kids. I love it. Now I noticed that in your life, you have lots of highs, like everyone, they have ups, they have downs or whatever. When you're headed towards your high example, winning America's greatest speak off, when you have your high, when you got your jet, like when you get these highs as you're approaching them and it's like, okay, I got this. Are you thinking about the next thing or like, that's my question. Yeah. So, Big wins always call you to the next version of yourself that you can possibly be, right? So like, as soon as we bought the jet, I was talking to Grant Cardone about this. And, uh, you know, uh, as soon as we bought the jet, Grant said to me, he said, you know, most people won't buy a jet because they don't think they can out earn the cost. He, he said, he said, uh, so now you now you own the jet. Now you've got to run every single month to make sure you out earn whatever the cost of that's going to be, right? Like everybody sees the benefit of a jet. Oh, it's great. I can jump on the plane. I go where I want. It's fast. It's cool. It looks good. Like everybody can see the benefit, but there is an inherent cost involved with jet ownership, right? You don't just buy it. Now you got to fuel it up and pilots and all, you know, there's a lot on top. Uh, and so to be able to out earn that. So it's like, yeah, cool. We got the jet, snap the picture, got it. Now let's get to work and make sure we continue to out earn it. Right. Same thing with the great American speak off the instant I won the competition. It's like, okay, great. Now, now how do we leverage this to reach more people on a global scale to be able to make, you know, try to try and impact 8 billion people. So it's it's uh, all of those wins are always the unlock to what's next in life, I believe. What's next? What can we expect next from Glenn Lundy? I don't know, bro. Are you going to share? Keep it inside? Working no, on it? We're just everything's the same, right? Like. If you if if, if I look back through my whole life, uh, Tina, it's everything's the same. You know, I've been called to bring people together, equip them with the tools they need to, to succeed and inspire them to be great. That's it. It's what I do. It's what I did on Clubhouse. It's what I do with my show in the morning. It's what I do with my 800% elite automotive club. It's what I used to do back when I was a punk and I'd rally people around robbing people or I'd rally people around uh, whatever, you know, con game that I had going on or whatever. I brought people together 
equipped them with the tools they needed to succeed, wrong or right, and then inspired them to be the best criminal on the planet or the best speaker on the planet or the best business owner on the planet, right? And so, you know, right now it's 800% Elite Automotive Club. We're going to expand that into the 34 million small businesses that exist on this planet. Uh, right now we're really locking in our processes in the automotive space, uh, but we're going to expand that out. And then, uh, you know, we've been speaking to a country. We've been speaking with our show to the United States of America. We've been speaking on stages in, an, in the United States of America, but there's an entire planet out there that needs motivation, education, and inspiration. And so uh, we're going to keep doing what we do. We're just going to continue to to expand the scale of it. Love it. Now, I know you talked about the jet briefly, but one of the main reasons why you got it was, I know, but I want the people to know. One of the main reasons why you bought the jet. Yeah. Number one reason I bought the jet is so that I could be home in time for dinner with my wife um, and my kids. Right. So it's a lot of time. Traveling takes a lot of time and I travel fairly frequently, you know, and so I needed I wanted need would be um, excessive. I wanted to invest my dollars in buying back time. Right. Uh, I felt like if I didn't buy the jet, I'd be telling my wife and kids that I value my money more than I value them. Right. Because we had the money. We could afford the jet. Uh, but if I didn't buy it, that's basically what I would be saying is, hey, I'd rather keep the money in the bank than have dinner with you. And I don't want my wife or my kids to ever, right. ever, ever experience that. I think business or money or any of that is more important than them. So the jet bought me time with my family. Love it. And my last question, because I know we're getting a lot of time. How do you find balance with eight kids, your wife? You are so in it. I met your mom. She was amazing. Your wife, your sister. And it's like, you. and even me, like, I feel like you give me attention, even though it's just through a clubhouse and I can barely get balance in my life. How do you do it? <laughs> it's the simplest hack ever ever and when i discovered this literally everything in my life transformed and changed and, and and the hack is is this change the word spend to invest that's it in every place you would use the word spend change it to invest so um tina when 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 you you when you invest what do you expect i expect to get something back exactly you expect <laughs> a return on the investment right so i hear people say all the time i'm going to invest in the stock market they expect a return i'm going to invest in my business they expect a return i'm going to invest in myself they expect a return but that same person i will hear them say i'm going to go spend time with my kids i'm going to spend time with my family I'm going to spend time with on vacation. I'm going to spend time on social media. Now spend, what do you expect when you spend? To lose, to just lose something, just like. Waste. It's a loss, right? If I spend $5 out of my bank account, I have $5 less. So when we shift and we get rid of the word spend, we change it to invest. So now it's, I'm going to invest time with my kids. I'm going to invest time with my wife. I'm going to invest time on vacation. I'm going to invest time on social media. Now the brain automatically says, I need to get a return. 
Not that it's a deficit. It's got a it's got a return because that's that's the word invest. We expect a return. And once you start thinking about life that way, you'll find that different areas of your life require a different investment in order to get a return. So my daughter Willow requires Willow <laughs> dope, but Willow requires about two minutes of undivided attention <clears throat> to get a return. Like if you look her in the eye, whatever she wants to share with you. Hey, daddy, I just wanted to tell you that I was outside and I saw a rock and then the rock was next to the tree and the tree was next to a car. And it was crazy because the light was reflecting off of it. Right. Like if you just give her two minutes, right, invest two minutes, you'll get a return. She'll give you a hug. She'll tell you she loves you. And then she'll go run off. She doesn't even want to spend more than two minutes with you. She's got two <laughs> minutes. Right. Whereas my son requires a different investment with him. We play soccer together go fishing down at the pond. Uh, it's different to get a return from him. And I can tell when he's starting to pull away, I'm not investing enough time. Right. Uh, and, and, and same with my business, there's different aspects of my business that require a different investment to get a return. My dealers require a certain investment of time to get a return, to feel connected, but it's not as much as you think it is. Right. right. As long as you're intentional about it. So, I invest every minute of every day. I don't spend any minutes doing anything. Everything is an investment. And when you live your life that way, expecting a return, right? And doing what it takes to get that return, you'll find that you have all the time you need to do it all, to do all of it. Uh, so little tiny hack, change the word spend to invest. Never use the word spend again, just use invest. And it'll shift in your brain and you'll find a way to invest in all the areas of your life that matter. Did you come up with a formula? Because I'm sure there's new business owners who are up to like some days, 10, 11 o'clock at night, doing different things on the weekends where you said, OK, I'm going to stop at this time. Or was it so you made a certain amount of money with the investing of the time for your business? Yeah. So the, when the, you first started, the keys to get a return. Right. Um, so I invest. You know, for example, I invest two live hours a week with my clients. Now I have uh, over 200 dealerships that we work with, right? But I do everything in, in group basically. So in two hours a week that I invest intentional Zoom on screen, face to face, they feel super connected to me. Now they have my phone number, they can call me, they can text me in between but I invest two hours a week because I'm getting a return. Now, if I noticed my dealers were dropping out of my program, then I would say, okay, well, I'm not getting a return, right? So maybe I need to invest more time or I need to invest a new curriculum or a new in, into a new curriculum or a new program, right? But as long as my dealers are coming back and they're paying me every month, like I know that this is, this, this is working. Now, I also invest about eight hours a week in research in the automotive space. So that when I do spend, when I do uh, get the chance to be with those dealers for the two hours, I can be as valuable as humanly possible to them. So it takes about eight hours a week investment of research. You see what I'm saying? So yes. you just find like, it's all about getting the return. So in my early days, it's not about punching a clock or spending an hour here and three hours there and four hours there, and 12 hour day or 15 hour day or 18 hour day. None of that stuff really matters. It's 
how much time must I invest to get a return? And sometimes the return is I feel fulfilled. It's not monetary, right? Sometimes the return is I jumped on a live uh, podcast with my friend Stars Tina and I saw how, how big her smile got um, and how energized she was by our conversation. That's a return, right? Like the return on investment doesn't have to be monetary. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's about having those fulfilling days, day in and day out in all those different areas of your life. I love it. This morning, I thanked you and Dora. I talked about something called the monkey effect. I don't know if this is a real thing or if my daughter just made it up. Last year, I was doing something and I, I got I got something really good. And she's like, well, of course, mom, you, you know, it's God's gift. And then she said, it's the monkey effect. And I said, what is that? She said, everyone reaches down and pulls somebody up. So for me, that's the monkey effect. And I said, for years, you know, years ago, I listened to Tony Robbins, all those public motivated motivational speakers. And I'm like, I want to do that. And I said, Glenn Lundy made the platform, Breakfast with Champions. And then Dora Maria let me on. And now I'm speaking. And I don't know if you ever heard of Toastmasters, but I started Toastmasters to be a better speaker because I want to do a TEDx one day. And now I'm competing. I'm up to like the fourth level, waiting, crossing my fingers that I, you know, move to the next. And last night, I got an email from the TEDx people. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So it's like, all these things are coming. So it's, you know, I just wanted to thank you, people like you, people like Scott, that come on just because you want to serve and give back. So I just wanted to give that big puya to you. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, congratulations. The email was good from the TEDx people? It was like, okay, you can, you know, it's like a start. It's a start. Let's just yeah, put it great. like that. You're in the door. Yes, it's in the door. Renee, do you have a question before we get out of here? I'm shaking because it's like, I'm excited. I have to use the bathroom. I have a lot to do. <laughs> we can't hear you, Renee. You're a little muted, but go ahead. You're a little <laughs> muted. I'm a, just a little bit muted. So, Glenn, I want to go to your kids because even if you didn't have the notoriety on Clubhouse, um, 800%, if I had seen you, because the first time I ever saw you in person was in Lexington, two years, two right. uh, for God's ago. And what I observed was how you interacted with your kids when there were so many high level people there that your kids were the priority when you know you were out in the breezeway you know showing them attention grant cardone was there at that that time but yet your focus was on your kids so i would like to know um what are you and leslie feel like i know everybody in your family by name <laughs> you're having tacos tomorrow night <laughs> <laughs> taco tuesday but what are you guys doing to instill the core values that you have um, carved out over these years coming from your your not so good times to to your current day to instill that in your kids now i just as, as life lessons i know that i savannah i think it was you recently started showing her the business yeah so yeah, Savannah. Um, so right now they're in summer, right? My kids are homeschooled. Mama, mama called summer about a month ago. And and so the kids come to work with me two, three days a week, uh, a week the older, the older ones. Right. And, uh, and they do a lot of fun things. Um, but to answer your question, how we're instilling our core values into them 
Um, it's really two ways. One, we're living them out loud. Uh, I, I, I have conversations with my children just like I would with you. Uh, I, I don't I don't candy coat, you know, things or, you know, we just we just have a real deal conversation. My, what I've realized over time that kids are capable of far more than we give them credit for, you know. And so I talk to my kids very directly um, and they see me. They see dad getting up at 320 in the morning. They see um, everywhere we go, especially locally, you know, everywhere we go, somebody walks up to dad and says, hey, man, you're, I, I was watching your show. It really made a, it really made a difference. You know, thank you for that. And, and so my kids get to see that. And and my wife is just unbelievable right she homeschools them she makes them number one priority they see her she's in her bible every single morning they see her right every single morning they see her so we live it out we live we live it out and that's that's one way we hope to instill it in them um, but the second way we hope to instill it in them is when they're first born i start whispering in their ears <laughs> every night and I'm like, hey, you're a superhero. You are a superhero. I tell them all the time, you're a superhero. And as they get a little bit older, then they'll they'll start to ask, right? Six, seven years old, they'll be like, Dad, as for long as I can remember, you've been telling me I'm a superhero. But what is my what is my superpower? Right? And I tell them, I say, shh, don't tell anybody. But because you're a Lundy, you have the ability to do anything you want to do in life. You can create anything you want at whatever level. It's the most amazing superhero power that you have, right? And so I try really to instill in them that, hey, your dad and your mom live a certain way and it it's worked for them. You can follow that leadership if you'd like. Um, and at the same time, feel free to go on your own path. Um, because sometimes I feel like, and don't tell them this, but this is a trick, a little trick. Sometimes I feel like if we tell our kids they should live a certain way, they rebel and go the other way. Right. And so I tell them, choose whatever way you want. And then we lead by example. And, uh, my hope is that they'll follow more of the new dad's footsteps than they did the old dad's footsteps. <laughs> but I don't want to force them into it. I want them to know that they get to choose, right? Um, but I love my kids so much. You got to get this picture off the screen. I can't even talk. Well, well I need, I have, is this Willow right here? I can't see you. I can just oh. see the picture. Oh, I have a pointer on the bottom left. Oh, is that Willow? Right no, is this Willow? Willow is the one in the back row. So Kira has purple hair. She's the adult child. And you said right adult. next to her is Willow. Okay. I don't know why. I thought the blonde with I thought the blonde I thought the blonde hair. The blonde hair girl is Meredith. That's a girl. <laughs> and the baby? The baby is Caroline. Oh, and behind you? That's my son Joel. Joel, was the Joel was the one who sang or danced? What did he do at the event? Joel um, sang, yeah, yeah. lip synced a song, yep. Yeah. And the other ones? And then Savannah's on the top right up there. She's our oldest in the house. And then my handsome, handsome, handsome boy <laughs> down there on the bottom right. He's six years old. That boy is handsome. He is a ladies' man. Oh my. You and keep then, telling him that. 
I, I don't tell him he's a ladies man, but I tell him he's handsome. Um, I have never, there is not a day that has gone by that he's been alive that I have not told him he's handsome. Like seriously, every single day. And, and I ask him sometimes, I say, I Fisher, I say, Fisher, how'd you get so good looking? And he, he says, cause I'm your handsome boy. That's what he says, cause I'm your handsome boy. But all of them, I do that with all of them in different ways, right? Um, you know, Savannah is my world traveler. And me and Savannah talk about how her and I are going to travel the world together. And I like planting, you know, she's going to Italy with me in September. Um, the other kids always, don't get upset because I hear you talk about, like, you took one to New York to see a Broadway yeah. play. How does that plan out? Hey, they all know, man. Like, this whole, like, I don't know. Maybe it's my upbringing. I don't know what it is, but I, I just, I do what I want to do with, with the kid I want to do it with. And that's just how I do. And, and sometimes my wife, even like with gifts and stuff, like I'll go buy, if I want to buy Meredith something that costs $300 and I want to buy Caroline something that costs $2, that's what I'll do. Right. And my wife's always like, it has to be equal. It has to be same. I'm like, they don't love me the same. They don't treat me equally. They all treat me different. Savannah don't want nothing to do with me right now. She's a teenager. So her and I go on big trips. That's how I get my time with her is I take her, I take her, I take her random places, right? She's my traveler. Um, but yeah, but I think ultimately though, in all seriousness, they, they all know that dad loves them and they all know they're going to get a turn. That's the thing, right? Like, it's not like I only favor one of them and I only take one of them everywhere. You know, I took Meredith to Disney World by herself, just me and oh Meredith went to Disney World. I took uh, I took Joel to Universal Studios, just the two of us. I took Savannah to uh, SeaWorld, just her and I. And she, her and I are the only two going to Italy. Like, but they know their time's going to come around. You know what I mean? They, they want that one-on-one -on -one time just as so. That's probably better. I think I like that better than trying to haul all eight kids or all hmm. seven kids. They're and different. They're different when they're by themselves than when they are in the pack. Completely in different. The pack. Yeah, completely different. Like when I had when I took Savannah to New York for the first time, oh my gosh, you would have thought that girl, you would have thought she was 25 years old and had grown up in New York City. She was parading around, wearing her dresses, being all like city girl. She was loving every second of it. She's not like that at home. At home with the kids, she's more, you know, she helps out a lot with the kids. Um but when she's not helping with the kids, she's like off in her room. She's kind of reclusive, you know, at home because it's loud and it's wild. and It's crazy. But you get her out by herself. She's a socialite, man. Like there, there's very different dynamics in the pack and individual. And I love exploring those dynamics because, Tina, I'm looking for the seed. Right. Have you ever heard T.D. Jakes talk about the seed in, 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 in kids? No. So T.D. Jakes has a video. He talks about our job as a parent is to figure out the seed. What seed has God planted in this child? And once we figure out the seed, we're supposed to fertilize and nurture the seed, right? Not what we think they should do, but what, right. is, what has God put in them to do? Right. So I can only figure out what their seed is when I get them away from the pack and I can see who they are as an individual. And now I know what to pour into. 
You know, Willow's different than Meredith. Meredith's different than Oakland. Oakland's different than Fisher. Fisher's different than Savannah. Savannah's different than Caroline. Caroline's different than Kira, right? They're all, they're all individuals. And, um, and it's important to me to find out who they are. I love that. I love that. Did you have another quick question, Renee? But not a quick question, but I wanted to just, if you could relate to Leslie, because it does not go unnoticed. I know that she sacrifices time with you so that you are able to go in on all of these trips to impact a lot of lives. And as one of the beneficiaries of that, I want her to know how much that is appreciated and that we don't take it for granted. Yeah, I can, I can absolutely do that. Yeah. None of this happens without Miss Leslie Lundy. That's for sure. I love it. Love it. And just to let you know, I'm sure this episode is going to be epic. I'm going to do a bonus track with your permission. I recorded your, well, I recorded everything you did. I even had the video of us talking about your jet and your performance in Vegas. But I have the recording here from Dallas, and I was going to play it, but it's 40 minutes, and we don't have time to listen to it now. But with your permission, I would like to put that on the podcast, your your speech in Dallas, because it was Yeah, of course. Awesome. Yeah, I did great. I'd be honored. Yes. And I, I'm so grateful. I can't wait until eight has, well, 800% is already with us, you know, keep it for your automotives. Cause we have, we get the drippings and getting the, drippings for the 800 is like, we're getting 500%. They may get 800%, but we're getting 500%. It's coming. It's coming. Yes. Yes. I have one thing for you before we get out of here. Uh, so I, I played mine earlier and uh, I'm shaking, guys, because I've been going since 4 o'clock this morning, legit client after client. But this is for you. Can you hear this right here? Oh, yeah. Hey, when I spoke with Tony the Keys and he designed mine, he said he was coming up with a theme for you. So every morning, hey! So we it never want to gets old. It, old. it never gets old. Make sure you tap into that website right there. Get your planner, get your everything. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Bye. Bye.